You're listening to The Tool Belt, a manufacturing podcast focusing on logistics, safety, operations, and breaking industry news. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Plant Services Tool Belt Podcast uh, brought to you by the Endeavor Business Media Manufacturing Group. Today, I'm with Ron Marshall. He's the founder of Marshall Compressed Air Consulting. He's also the, the marketing and training coordinator for Compressed Air Challenge, um, who Plant Services is very proud to partner with this year in a couple of projects. And today, Ron is here to talk with us about advances currently being made when it comes to the training and professional development side of the compressed air industry. Um, I can't help but notice in the past couple of events that I've attended that there's a newer generation moving in and moving in rather quickly to take the place of a lot of people who are retiring. Um, A lot more millennials, decent number of Gen Xs. And so Ron is with us today to talk about what options there are for people who are interested in professional development in the compressed air area to take advantage of it. So Ron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Yeah. Um, There's a bunch of us uh, compressed air experts uh, out there. We've been doing audits for decades now, uh, but we're getting older. And uh, I think the workplace is uh, getting older and older. Some of uh, the knowledge is leaving as, uh, as people retire and new people are coming in and the industry is also growing, right? So there's all all kinds of uh, it's almost musical chairs and uh, and people leaving so uh, it there becomes a vacuum when it comes to knowledge of compressed air and we're finding uh, if you're talking about trends in training that uh, some of the larger organizations are starting to look for uh, some good training and using the compressed air challenge training uh, the fundamentals and the advanced to help their newbies, you know, their new starts uh, to get up to speed on uh, compressed air and compressed air optimization, you know, helping the customers improve. Um, And compressed air challenge is also starting to develop a a new course on auditing as well, because uh, similar to like general compressed air knowledge, there's also a need uh, to be able to understand the information coming back uh, when these service providers hook their uh, data loggers to the system, right? So that um, that's coming. There's some very large players and also smaller players uh, wanting to do the training as well. So we've we've had hundreds of uh, new hires uh, go through our programs, and it's uh, really brings the industry up, I think, in doing that. I'm curious, are you seeing the greater hunger for the more fundamentals of compressed air, or is there a decent amount of interest in more uh, more advanced topics in this field? Yeah, the fundamentals is the most uh, frequent frequently um, uh, accessed, I think. Uh, salespeople and service providers like the mechanics, things like that uh, can, can take and understand the principles and fundamentals. And then I call us uh, the compressed air nerds, you know, the the people that need to know the technical things, the mathematics behind uh, storage and calculating kilowatts and all that stuff. They take the advance. So 
I would say maybe you know 100% of the people should take fundamentals, uh, mm-hmm. and then maybe 20% of those people would be taking advanced. And um, you know, people also if they're helping helping customers out with a the system, they they might want to take the auditing course as well. Okay. Well, we've worked together for close to 10 years now, and I can remember when I first came on board Plant Services, uh, the wave of retirements was kind of on the horizon, maybe already happening. And now I'm struck by the fact that here we are having moved through a lot of that, and we are seeing newer workers come in looking for knowledge like this, looking for training. And sadly, training is sometimes the the line item in the budget, which which gets cut the first. but in this case, I mean, there's a real risk in not knowing the fundamentals of compressor systems because you might end up with either a, a needless capital purchase when, in fact, you could simply refine aspects of your system. Or you might end up with a whole lot of compressor rentals in the yard that someone loses track of just to solve a, just to put a bandaid on a problem that could actually be solved using better training. Yeah, exactly. That happens. Uh, the lack of knowledge is the biggest uh, obstacle in having an optimum compressed air system optim- running optimally. So yeah, that's uh, that's quite important. And and that was recognized back in the 90s, right? And, uh, um, you know, as time went on, uh, us, uh, you know, people uh, working in compressed air challenge and in the auditing field, uh, we get older and older and uh, and the new people need to learn as well, right? Uh, so we can, uh, we can leave the field secure in the knowledge that, uh, People come coming to replace our our uh, vacancy uh, know a lot of about about compressed air and auditing. Well, and I say this only half kiddingly. I think engines like ChatGPT are going to fill some of this gap too. The problem right now is that these engines are immature, so it's difficult to trust every answer you get back. I I, I learned over the past week that the term for false positive answers for ChatGPT, the technical term is now hallucinations. <laughs> and that yeah. over, over time, the hallucinations will will go down in number, but right now they're 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 still fairly prevalent. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm I'm trying to fill uh, the internet ether with uh, as much information as possible, accurate information about uh, compressed air, and I think the artificial intelligence behind ChatGPT picks up on that. Picks up on all the stuff that's written by by uh, experts like us, and uh, may come out with the right answers most of the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, let me move to a related topic, which is certifications. Um, before we started recording today, you and I were chatting about how the Compressed Air and Gas Institute, or CAGI, has developed a couple of the certifications for people who work in our neck of the industry. Yeah. Um, you know, the standard maintenance and reliability certification is a CMRP. And I do get a lot of questions from readers uh, on what certification beyond the CMRP might be good for them. And, and we, we, we've looked at certifications like the MLT for lubrication, um, the CMRT for more technical skill. But you mentioned that CAGI has two certifications, one that exists and one that is still being developed. And could you tell us about those two and what they might offer people? Yeah, um, CAGI has uh, developed um, a certification for a compressed air system. Actually, it's a CCASS, so a Certified Compressed Air System Specialist, right? Uh, 
not the greatest acronym, no, but uh, <laughs> I think it sticks in your mind. It sticks <laughs> in your mind a lot. Uh, yeah, so that does the Certified Compressed Air Systems Specialist. Um, it's um, certifying that you know quite a lot about compressed air, right? So they've uh, set up a worldwide system of uh, examinations, a bunch of uh, a library of questions that go into the examinations. Um, and you can you can take the exam uh, at your local testing center and lo and behold, if you pass, you're certified, right? And you, you can use those acronyms behind your name. And they've also recognized that uh, the people that uh, do the assessment, so there'll be a certified compressed air systems assessor certification coming out uh, probably within the year. And that'll be, you know, us compressed air nerds again. Uh, we will be certified nerds, right? It, it'll show that uh, we know our stuff. We can do the calculations. Uh, we know high level uh, compressed air system auditing and uh, assessing. Okay, so the CCASS certification is one that exists already. And yes. if people want to sign up to take that exam, they can go to the CAGI site website and, and yep. get there. Yeah, CAGI.org. Uh, okay. Certification, I think. Yeah, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, that's engineers. I, I, I love the fact that there's so many programs, certifications out there for engineers to sort of dive more deeply into the area that interests them. And especially uh, with everyone being acutely aware of energy efficiency these days. I, I, I feel like the ESG buzzword has sort of subsided for a while this year. But this is going to be part of everyone's uh, job description going forward, which is managing energy effectively. Yes. And so if if you are an engineer in this field and you're looking to to brush up or bolster your certifications, the, the CCASS and then later the CCASA uh, might be worth looking into. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, we're uh, we're really happy that. Uh, Compressed Air Challenge Fundamentals and Advanced uh, really fit right in with the certification. In fact, uh, they're part of the body of knowledge uh, people need to study to get it. So it's a it's a real real good connection. Terrific. Yeah, you've you've always mentioned that C that the Compressed Air Challenge plus CAGI they've always worked well together as organizations. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're looking uh, at uh, advancing the knowledge in the industry and uh, bringing everybody up. Right. And that's yeah. that's good for everyone. A couple more questions, uh, some about technology, but first I wanted to ask you about uh, a metric that CAGI is promoting. Um, recently, I know they've they focused on isentropic efficiency yes. as a more precise uh, rating than specific power. And for those of our listeners who aren't aware of that change or that push, could you give us a description of, of why CAGI is doing this and, and what advantages isentropic efficiency would have as a rating? Yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting. I, I'm not part of CAGI, but uh, I mm -hmm. certainly use their information, you know, their, uh, their training, um, their guidebook. You know, they've, they've got an, a nice handbook uh, available. And uh, one of the really exciting things uh, years ago was uh, third-party verification where uh, members of the third-party verification program put their uh, their machines on for test, right? And CAGI went and verified the, the test uh, data for all the compressors, the published data. And um, the agreement was that the manufacturers uh, published their, their 
CAGI data sheets for all their machines uh, and air dryers, some some ranges of sizes of air dryers. And so um, on those sheets were uh, um, some efficiency numbers, right? We call them specific power, so kilowatts per 100 CFM for people in North America. Um, but the problem with um, that number is that um, you take kilowatts and divide by ACFM and um, it depends on the pressure you test the, the machine, right? Some machines are rated at 100, some are rated at 125, some 150, right? And so um, because machines consume more power per unit uh, naturally, it's all, it's all physics for the higher pressures, when you went to compare units, say you compared a 100 PSI unit with a 125 unit, the 125 unit would have higher specific power, so it, it looked like that unit would be more efficient, but it actually wasn't, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you if you uh, take isentropic efficiency, and uh, isentropic ef efficiency now is uh, part of the KGI sheet down at the bottom of the sheet, um, it takes that uh, pressure adjustment away, right? So that it's uh, it, it's not sensitive to pressure. So then you can you can take a look at your isentropic efficiency across all kinds of different pressure ratings and see exactly which uh, which compressor is uh, more efficient than the other, right? When you're comparing brand A, brand B, brand C, model A, model B, you know, uh, and so um, it's pretty exciting for people that work in the industry and I'm specifying uh, compressors. I can see which ones are most efficient. You can do your business case and calculate how much it's gonna save and all that. Um, and it's just that one number, right? That you can you can take a look at and, and quickly compare. And it's a kind of a different number, you know, specific power might be 18 kilowatts per 100 CFM, but isentropic efficiency is a perfect compressor, which, None, none exists, but a perfect compressor would be a hundred, mm -hmm. right? And um, a very efficient compressor might be eighty-five at like percent, and a inefficient compressor might be 65 percent, right? So mm -hmm. compared to uh, a perfect compressor, so so that's uh, it's really a really good development in the industry. Uh, people are starting to take a look very closely at the efficiency. The electricity costs are so going sky high, and mm -hmm. um, you know that's that's one thing that uh, that comes into play when when you're calculating the life life cycle cost of a compressor is that how much energy it consumes or wastes. Right, it's very important information. So you want to get the best bang for your buck. That's kind of a strange uh, saying for uh, compressed air, the bang for the buck, but <laughs> I always like to get in that, that dig in. But uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's really good information. That is good information for all the uh, facility engineers listening to this podcast. Uh, be sure to take a look at isentropic efficiency yes. um, as, as a useful metric and how to evaluate compressor performance. Um, before we wrap up our conversation, Ron, I wanted to get uh, a couple of thoughts from you about technology out there. Um, um, maybe one technology advance that caught your attention on the compressor side and then one on the instrumentation side. So let me ask you, when it comes to compressor technology advances, is uh, what's catching your attention right now? 
Yeah, the thing that catches my eye when I go take a look at the brand new compressors is uh, I always see some sort of cell phone antenna on them, right? Mm. So these uh, compressors, and it, it depends on whether you turn on that feature or not, or whether you allow your supplier to turn on. Um, it it connects the compressor controls with some sort of database in the factory. Um, so a service provider say that uh, they get a phone call from you uh, mentioning that your the compressor is overheating or something like that. Well, they can they can go into your compressor control remotely and see what's going on. They can check all the parameters and stuff like that. You can actually data log the compressor remotely. Um, and the manufacturer is also taking readings if you allow it. You know, not everybody due to privacy uh, would turn that on, but but they're taking data so that they can improve the compressors, right? So they're seeing what's happening with the oil temperature. What's so they're trying to predict uh, when the air ends are going to wear out um, and uh, try to make uh, some changes uh, to their design and things like that. So a lot of data is going into the manufacturers and that data is going to help them improve things, right? So so connectivity is uh, is that's raising uh, my attention with mm -hmm. the compressor controls. There's uh, all kinds of new touchscreen controls out there that uh, measure all kinds of things. And then um, I do a lot of data logging, right, uh, when I'm doing auditing. So um, there's some really nice instruments, like as far as flow meters go, there's instruments that uh, are now more affordable than ever for people, uh, developed for wet and dry air. Many, many companies developed uh, those. Uh, they've got internal data logging now, all that stuff, uh, very, uh, very uh, useful information. And uh, there's, there's, um, Various um, data logging uh, uh, instrumentation packages that have been developed by flow meter companies and other companies as well as service companies that they use um, edge devices uh, and cell phone connection con connectivity too, um, and so I can I can sit my at my com computer and uh, see what's happening um, at my local foundry where I. I put some data loggers, I can help them out. I can see uh, when things fail, I can get them to adjust uh, their settings. We can see what, what's happening with the uh, efficiency of their system or the reliability, all from remote connection, right? Uh, so yeah. that uh, connectivity, there's many companies that are developing uh, things like that where uh, uh, data can be captured remotely and uh, brought back, right? So that's uh, that's pretty exciting um, in terms of uh, auditing and uh, measuring uh, systems. Of course, these systems can be permanent as well, mm -hmm. and that's something that's uh, very important. Um, one of the systems that I'm using, uh, it's designed to connect uh, auditors from across the world, right? So if you live in Chicago and you really like the services of a guy in Australia, right? You can get him to take a look at your data, right? And and he can he can do a a report for you and some recommendations. So uh, the wow. world is getting smaller when it comes to uh, compressed air. Wow, that's that's actually really striking uh, that that. 
the world is collapsing in, in, in quite that way. Um, well, when it comes to the handheld instruments, is, is there a technology advance again, which has caught your attention or something which you think is really striking? Yes, I, I really like, uh, I'd like doing leak audits as part of what I do when I do an audit, but uh, um, the acu acoustical leak detectors, those, uh, they have an array of microphones on them that uh, not only do you get a sound signal, but you get a video signal. Uh, there's, there's a handheld device that's a video display. It's got, uh, no, there's various ones that uh, that have been designed. I think there's six different companies that uh, that make these now. Mm -hmm. um, but they use uh, uh, about 128 or so uh, directional microphones and it forms an array uh, and they, uh, they form uh, a spot on a video dis display and it shows you where the leak is, right? That's one of the frustrating things when I'm doing an audit because I, uh, all I have is a gun, you know, that uh, points at something. I really can't tell, especially if I'm standing down on the ground and the leak is uh, 50 feet up, where exactly it is, right? And uh, so this tells me exactly where it is uh, on the exact fitting. Right and um, very useful device. Uh, quite pricey, but um, you know, uh, lots of large organizations uh, would buy a device like this and share it between their factories. Um, and they, you know, it uh, it greatly reduces the time it takes and uh, the danger in in finding leaks. Right, because um, I can I can find leaks behind cages. Right, the safety cages. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have to go in and expose myself to spinning saw blades or or <laughs> mechanical things, right? So, um, uh, really good uh, device. Uh, that's getting my attention right now. Interesting. And you mentioned in an article for us that if people were looking for a quick payback on something, on an instrument like this, which might be a little on the expensive side, um, you had found it useful for tr watching leaks of expensive gases. Yes. Um, and so just finding leaks in those storage units uh, paid for the instrument pretty quickly or would come close to it. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, it was a bus ma making uh, manufacturer uh, and they used welding gases, expensive welding gases, uh, much more expensive than compressed air. Mm -hmm. So it was only um, it was only a one CFM leak that I found up in the ceiling. Uh, very difficult to identify where exactly it was because there's compressed air and and argon and uh, nitrogen and stuff like that flowing there in in different piping uh, but that one cfm leak that was uh worth something like uh i can't remember the exact number but twenty five thousand dollars right uh, annually leak right and right. it's something that was uh, so small that it never would have been detected uh with a normal process um and we would would have thought it was compressed air but it was actually argon Fascinating. Yeah. And that's I, I've heard that before where sometimes uh, there can be so much piping and especially if the if the piping is a very small diameter tubing that uh, leaks are there may be so many leaks that the, there may be a lot of ultrasound signals coming from the plant. And so how do you how do you identify which one is the critical one? That's right. And this tool can can help you visually pinpoint exactly which one might be worth addressing and where it is, et cetera. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it uh, brings you in exactly right down to the fitting, right, that you can see it could be an array of all the same same fittings, right, and you can see exactly which one is leaking. And um, I've, I've brought that uh, 
one of them uh, into a location where there's a bunch of tools being used at random and they're mm-hmm. a grinder here and a drill here and all that uh, in a kind of a production bay and but all that stuff you can very easily uh, rule out because they're they're uh, just coming on and off right you can see it uh, pop up on the screen uh, but the leaks stay right they're they're sitting there they're static and you can see exactly which ones are leak and leaks and which ones are uses right machines right. and tools yeah so it's uh, great to differentiate it uh, it saves time boy it really saves time well to bring us back to the first point you made um for those who are looking for compressed air training the website you were pointing them to is compressedairchallenge.org correct yeah compressedairchallenge.org slash calendar right uh, and you'll see a listing of uh, all the trainings are that are going on and if okay. you're if you're part of a, an organization that can host a training if you got multiple uh, people that need training or a bunch of customer that customers that need training then uh, you can actually host a training and uh, we have an option of uh, doing webinars which is really inexpensive uh, compared to you know say uh, other training and you can have an in-person training you could even have it right in the factory right if there's a suitable meeting room right so i've uh, i've done that before uh, a little bit more expensive but uh, because you have to pay for travel and all that but uh, you know it's a much more effective training to have it in person well i appreciate your time today with us and for people looking for more information from ron and the compressed air challenge team uh, there are articles in the Plant Services website, including Ask the Experts article, one which was published uh, just this past month, uh, May 2023. And we'll put a couple of those links in the podcast notes as well for people to go to. So, um, Ron, we covered a lot of ground today. I appreciate you uh, updating us on not only uh, training trends, but also what else is happening in, in the industry. Happy to participate. Thank you. 